Hello, welcome to Remarkably Brilliant. And today I would like to talk about the struggling that most of us are facing that despite the pandemic, we need to keep going on. And there are so many things we are trying to balance. Some of you are parents who are trying to juggle between working from home and making sure that the kids do their homework. It's difficult. It's a difficult time. And even if you're not a parent, you have so many things are trying to balance. What are the things you're trying to balance on a daily basis? I can tell you what I'm trying to balance on a daily basis. First and foremost, it's my health. I am not doing as much exercise and fitness as much as I wish. I have my watch that keeps count of my steps, of my daily steps. And you know, it's highly advised that every day we do at least 10,000 steps. How many am I doing? Well, I try to remember to wear the watch as soon as I wake up, so it's quite accurate. And on a daily basis, I do uh, around 6,000. And I try to do as much as I can in the house standing, like phone calls. I try to do them while walking around the house. Audiobooks, I listen to them while I walk around the house. So I'm trying to keep my steps. And uh, the days I do the most is 8,000. So that's something I'm struggling with. And also I'm not doing as much yoga as I want to. And not because I don't have time, because honestly, that's not an excuse can I, I can use. It's just I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. And yet every time I do yoga, then I feel better. It's just uh, I don't want to do it right now. I will do it a bit later. I know this is not very productive. I should do it first thing in the morning. Meditation. I'm getting better at meditation. I found a trick. I really work well with uh, gratification, so with um, with a treat, basically. So, for example, I love to have my uh, coffee in the morning, and I've started to to tell myself, first meditate, then you can have your coffee. So, and this is working so far. So, I need to apply that on also to yoga. I've noticed the benefits of thinking and meditating well it's not about thinking actually that's the wrong word about meditation it's about observing the thoughts and not judging them just letting them go and emptying the mind is quite powerful it's just like observing them and the best way i found this trick that worked very well for me that a yoga teacher taught me in the past when you meditate or you're trying to meditate because I'm a beginner, so I struggle because there are so many thoughts, so many words turning in my head. What I try to do is observe my thoughts as they were clouds, clouds in the sky. When there are clouds in the sky, you don't try to shape them. You don't try to stop them. You don't try to push them away because, you know, whatever you do, nothing's going to happen. It's not about you. They are much higher than you. So you just observe them and you see them pass by and go away and merge into something else. And this is a metaphor I love about our thoughts. Our thoughts are not reality. They are just our thoughts. And if you observe them, they merge into something else and then into something else. It's like they transform and then they go away. Yes, most of our thoughts are negative. So it means that most of our thoughts are fearful or anxiety-inducing or scary or sad but that's how we are wired. So most of our thoughts are negative. 
And this is something that has kept us alive in this whole millions of years we've been on the planet because without fear we will be well extinct now we're not fearful of being eaten by a bear or a lion because unfortunately they are going almost extinct but our fear today are not that dangerous so we have more anxiety which is a form of fear and we play scary uh, movies in our mind and that's create anxiety. And a little bit of fear, it's fine. Because at least it doesn't make you do stupid things. If we didn't have fear uh, evolved, we will do stupid things and probably be already dead by now. But uh, on the contrary, we are trying to do whatever we can on a daily basis. So what I'm trying to say is that do not aim to be without fear or without anxiety anymore because when you don't have those emotions anymore will probably be because you're not between us anymore so it's very important to understand that those emotions are super human super normal and accept them once you accept them they lose a lot of power weirdly enough so uh, this is something i have found very powerful it's like oh being aware of a negative emotion is like oh I'm feeling anxious right now and then your heart starts to race and everything but if you know that is just an emotion you know that as an emotion comes and go it will go away instead the problem is when you don't know what's happening to you and then you're feeling out of control like you're feeling something is off and you go even more in a spiral of fear and anxiety and overwhelm so you know the quote that says, uh, knowing that you have a problem is half of the solution? I totally agree with this. And knowing that you are being momentarily depressed or sad or ang- anxious, will it's a big step towards the solution because, you know, it's just temporary. And then something else I'm trying to juggle and keep in balance is all my technology. You know, I'm sure everybody of you who is working or working from home is receiving emails and messages from colleagues, potential clients, clients, and blah, blah, blah. And every day it's like an overwhelm. And uh, and on top of that, you want to keep contacting your family and friends. And nowadays we have realized that actually WhatsApp messages is not that great to keep in contact. We want to see the faces. So we are doing more video calls and more calls. This has been an era that we haven't done these many calls for in many years because text messages made us feel all lazy and it's a very convenient text message. You write a message when it's convenient for you. The person reads the message when it's convenient for them. Instead, when you call them, or even a video call them, the reaction needs to be instant, so it's more authentic. So if you love and care for somebody, call them more, text them less. And um, and it's hard. It's hard to keep in balance. And I've been trying to follow a rule that I really liked. I was like, oh, I can call two people a day. These two people can be colleagues or family or friends. You balance it. However... I didn't take count of how I am. I struggle to do something on a daily basis, on a regular basis, as a productivity. I have this sharp 
um, productivity boosts where some days I do so much done and then towards the end of the week I tend to be more exhausted and I do the bare minimum. So I have seen that some days I'm good to call five, six people amongst friends, coll uh, colleagues and family members and some other days, especially during, towards the end of the week, I need to do the bare minimum. And it's not because I don't love my family and friends. Of course I do. I love them so much. But it's just I don't have the energy. And uh, and so I know I struggle to keep keep up to do consistent with the the contacting them. So see what works for you. If contacting at least two people per day makes you feel good and you manage to do it, then follow this rule, which I think is very good and it's not that overwhelming. If you're more like me, then on the days you're productive, try to call, I think if you call 10 people a week, that's fine. And then you can sort out how and when to call them based on your energy level or no, how and how you're doing. But as it's an important thing, I tend to do calls towards the early week or weekend because weekend again, then I'm more relaxed because usually my Fridays are a bit Thursday and Fridays, I tend to work very little, so I do the bare minimum. So the weekends, I'm recharged again, and I can uh, go back to work and be product productive. So this is how my weeks are going so far. And so, yeah, keep in touch with people, especially your friends and family members who are more towards the extrovert, because they are suffering the most. Being at home for an extrovert is quite hard, because they charge their batteries when they're with people. While introverts, they charge their batteries when they're home by themselves, having a bath or reading a book or watching telly or just relaxing. And I don't believe in the extrovert go well with people. I know plenty of introverts who are very social and I know a lot of extroverts who are very shy. So my uh, opinion on uh, personality, introvert and extrovert, is how they charge their batteries, which makes much more sense. And then now the other thing I'm trying to balance is uh, researching and uh, reading for fun. Why I put this one on the same scale? Because I study a lot for my work and I love researching. I love researching and I do it for my work and I do it also when I need to consider to buy a new phone. I've done it for when I decided which laptop to buy. I research, research, research. Of course, some topics then I get bored of them, like laptop or technological stuff. Once I found the one I, I like and want, then I stick to that one. But for example, I struggled many weeks to find out which was the best website for, uh, provider for me. Once I found my website provider, which I picked Squarespace, which a bit regret because it's beautiful. They have beautiful websites, but it's quite complicated to use. But since I did so much research years ago, I started my first website, first website there, and I stick with them because I don't want to learn a new um, website and I have very good customer service. So I don't want to learn a new platform, new rules, new, new things. So I managed to do three websites with them. And so I'm sticking with them because I can't be bothered to go through that research again. So some research are one-off. Things I can keep researching forever and ever is how the mind works and why we do what we do. That's so fascinating. And I love this argument so much. The thing is, I study a lot every day. This is something I do regularly. I can do that because 
learning more it's recharge my batteries i find it exciting so i do it pretty much seven days a week the problem is as i study a lot and i read a lot for work then um, i don't want to read for fun and there are so many books that i have that i want to read and now i have the time but i can't be reading a book on my free time after i spent hours and hours researching on the computer on books and and so it's complicated and though so what i do i watch a lot of netflix and tv series on on sky or amazon prime and uh, However, I have a rule on that. If you're struggling because you think you're watching too much telly, then I suggest you to give time. For me, I never watch TV before six o'clock. So before that, yeah, during lunchtime, sometimes I watch a TV series with my flatmate. But a part of that, the telly is usually off. Unless it's one of my low days, then I watch something funny like Friends or... um, What's the other thing I'm watching? Dogs. I'll, I'll go on YouTube because I'm a dog lover. Animal lover. <laughs> in fact, dogs in particular. I go on YouTube and I watch The Dodo or Pity Nation. Oh my gosh, they're so, many cute. they're so cute. And something else I'm trying to balance. Last but not least, my gazillions of to-do lists. The problem is when you work for yourself then you can't delegate. You know that they say some stuff needs to be delegated. Yeah, but to who? I don't have anybody to delegate my stuff. So I need to do them by myself. And and some stuff I can't delegate because it's admin stuff that it's about me or personal stuff. And who's going to do it? So I have this gazillions of to-do thing, to-do lists. I have like at least six to-do apps on my phone because once one gets a bit full, I need to move on and I start clean with a clean slate. But after a few months, also the second one is full. And it takes some time to to get the things done. What I've learned is that the important stuff needs need to have a due date. Once they have a due date, you will do them. And if you don't do them by due date, you let them go. And sometimes you realize, actually, I want to do this thing, even if it's boring or or like takes a lot of time. And the best thing I've noticed is to do them in the morning. So it makes you feel productive. You do like two, three things of your to-do list of those nitty-gritty stuff or stuff that you don't want to do that takes a lot of time to think. And sometimes you will do it in 20 minutes. Is Sometimes doing the thing is the best thing because at least it's out of the way. And yet we we procrastinate, we procrastinate, we procrastinate. So to recap, my things I keep, I struggle to keep in balance is um, to keep contact with family and friends on a regular basis and emails to reply, like work and people I care for, try to keep them all in balance. I wish I could read more books and more books for fun, especially now that we need a bit of escapism. And uh, I wish I did more fitness instead of procrastinating all this yoga, etc. And I wish I could do more stuff on my to-do list. Oh, and one other thing I'm trying to balance. I'm trying to eat less junk food. I'm actually quite good on junk food because I usually don't eat it that much. On a, 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 in 
when my life was normal, I didn't eat much junk food. But I eat more junk food now than I did before. And so I'm trying to balance and eat more veggies because I know I'm going to eat junk food. You know, those days that you just want some crisps or some chocolate. And small quantity is fine. But my small quantities are daily nowadays. Because it's at least there is the the pleasure of having a bit of chocolate and stuff. So I'm uh, only talking about it. I'm starting to want desire peace. So these are the things I'm trying to keep in balance on a daily basis. And you, what you're trying to keep in balance in your daily life. Did you like this podcast? If so, please like and subscribe. Chat to you soon. Bye.